Dear listeners, forge your soul from 1095 carbon steel, fold your resolve till you achieve a minimum of 300 layers, and hone the edge of your mind against a block of aluminum oxide. Because it's time to talk tell to me. I, I hone the edge of my mind against a block of cheese, actually. Yes, that's usually what I do, too. <laughs> that explains a lot about both of us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Say. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are Feckless Moms. And this, here, today, in your ears, is Talk Tall to Me. A... Karate Kid-style training montage, in which Nick and I wax and paint the discography of prog rock under the loving but severe tutelage of Mr. Miyagi Anderson, in the hopes of one day becoming Masters of Tull. We wax poetic and paint pathetic, and we share (laughs) this entire adventure with you, dear listener. Indeed. So... Nick. This week, Omen. Hello. Before we... Hey, Omen. Hey. Hi. Hi. Good to to hear your voice. Good to be here with you. So before before we jump into today's meat and potatoes, the the main course of the the album today, the... The The rice and lentils of our programming. The the green thing of this program. For all you've... Vegans out there. It is tra- track nine off of War Child. It will be the third hurrah. Hurrah! Hurrah. But before we do that, we've got a couple of emails. <clears throat> Your emails, sir. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Mary, Marley, could you please? Marley. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you very much. I've made a soup out of the snoot of the pig. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I. That's that's kind of a lot for me for, for breakfast actually. I chilled it so it gelatinified on the top. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really don't want that right now. I set it aside on your bedside for when you get hungry in the middle of the night. <laughs> I. Wow, you you take such good care of me. Thank you're, you. You're a lucky man, Omen. You're a lucky man. Yes. So, wow. What do we what have we got there, Nick? All right. Let's see. Ah, this is a repeat offender. You know, it's nice to know that our fans, Nick, unlike the fans of some of those other podcasts out there, are in fact literate. <laughs> this is from AJ Kerrigan. Nick, you beautiful man. In my head, do you believe in the day could flow into Baker Street Muse? But in reality, it does not. You made mashup potatoes out of it anyway, though, because you're a damn professional. This is in reference to a handful of episodes ago when AJ wrote in saying, I can't wait for, for, let's see, the, the do you believe part of Thick as a Brick and he says he always hears. Do you believe in a Backstreet Muse? Yeah, he, he always he always sees them them fit together, and in his mind they right. they obviously do not. And I, we, I, however, I did a bit of a mashup. Yeah, 
and, and expose yep. those. And I'll drop it in here again for, for review. He goes on to say, a platinum-plated tull skull, an inspiration to bright-eyed tulkalites and calloused tullards alike. Fine work, AJ. Thank you, AJ, for for reaching out, letting us know how you feel. We love we love the repeat offenders, and we do. We love the 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 new writers inners as well. And, Keep them and coming. we will continue to try to bring your inadvisable tull fever dreams to life in the best way that we can. <laughs> yes. And if it happens to be poorly mashed up songs, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else have we got there? What else we have is we've got ourselves another repeat offender oh. from a couple of weeks ago. I think l- less weeks than the mashup anyway. We have mm-hmm. ourselves... Jeff B. Jeff B., who was a big fan, he found us based on a comment on a YouTube video. Jeffy Buzz, Jeff, yes. Jeff Buzz Buzz. He, he wrote in to say, Hi, Nick. I just finished Back to the Family as I work through your podcast. Mm. You guys are great. I was thinking that I could add a few comments here and there on YouTube on Tull videos with reference to your podcast. If you think that might be helpful, let me know and keep up the great work. And I obviously responded and says, yes, Jeff, please be the first of our street crew and, and spread the love. Let everybody know. <laughs> and he did. He, I got consecutive. I got like four or five emails saying, oh, did this one. Oh, did this one. Did this one. Jeffy B. Yeah. Float like a butterfly. Comment on YouTube like a bee. Our YouTube assassin. That's right. Yeah, he sneaks in when you least expect it and strikes. <laughs> Drops a tall comment and <laughs> leaves before it's too late. He, he also wrote back, He was first exposed to Tull in 77 when he was 12 with Songs from the Wood. Which oh my I was probably 12 when I was exposed to Songs from the Wood in yeah. 1997, I think. I was 12 or 13 yeah. when I exposed myself in the woods. Oh, to, Jeth- oh. to Jethro Tull, to the band to, Jethro uh, Tull. I've... I've said too much. (laughs) They have a few duds in their catalog, as you know, but Ian has been a major influence on me through the years. Keep up the great Mm -hmm. work. So he he put in a couple here. I don't have specific links except for one, but he said he he put in one for a Jethro Tull best to worst albums ranked. And, Mm. And I found that comment. He says... For all of you Tull fanatics, check out the podcast Talk Tull to Me. The authors discuss literally every recorded Tull song. Great stuff. <laughs> you know, when you say it out loud like that, it just sounds insane. That's sad, really. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he he, he says he, he, he commented on a, on a Helene video and yeah. just multiple comments here and there. He says he's on a mission, Tull all the way. And then the little smiley face <laughs> with sunglasses. I, I do want to, you know, reassure our listeners that we both of us do actually have lives. This isn't this isn't all we do. But but we do appreciate the spread of the love. I mean, that's that's oh, the important indeed. part there. Indeed, indeed. Yes, thank you Jeff B. If anyone else wants to write in and and comment or tell us where you found 
us where you found talk tall yeah. to me that would be great that's that's cool we just i just like that information it's, it's and also satisfying. how you first encountered tall that's always yes. really satisfying to hear we do love those stories whose whose yeah. album did you steal to become exposed <laughs> to tall <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right anything else from mary and marley that's it i they they mary mary gave you that one marley gave me my one I'll be shuffling back to me cupboard now. Yeah, please, please. If you could keep the noise down for the rest of the the recording, though, that I'd appreciate. I'm that. organizing the spiders. <laughs> I know there are a lot in there, so I I, I get it. I get it. Thank you. I've, I've named them. Oh, all of them. Said too much already. Oh. <laughs> All right, Marley, good luck. Thank you. I thought he was from Scotland. He sounds like he's from Cornwall. I know. He's he's changing. I mean, Mary had a, a little touch of French in her this time, too. So who knows? Hey, don't don't we all? <laughs> that is it so, Nick, for this week. Let's dive in to to the, the actual content here. Omen, yes. let's listen to and talk tall about the third hurrah. Let us indeed have a listen. That's it. Well, Nick, if you weren't caffeinated enough before listening to that, allow me to gently pry you off the wall now. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good one. It's not like it's not thrashing cacophonous borderline offensive bouncy. It's just like it's a nice steady speedy little ditty, you know? Like does that make sense? It's not it's not it's not a powerhouse, but it's still I, fast. It's got a really, it, really steady pace. It is infectiously upbeat. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. Really, it really is, good it way. Is, yeah. It has a it has a warning label on it from the CDC. <laughs> it is because it is so upbeat. Yeah. Do not mix with alcohol. <laughs> do, do not drive heavy machinery while taking. Right. Don't listen to if pregnant. That's oh. Don't listen to it when you're trying to get pregnant because you may conceive right. with this song instead. Actually, though, you know, I I hate to I hate to contradict the CDC, but I I think <laughs> well, I they've think been really hit this, or miss lately. So <laughs> I think that this would be a great song to play to an unborn child because mm. I, I think that it really thematically it there's so much there, and I I know that we're going to talk about the music first, but like we can talk lyrics you know, if first I, if you want. Content. No, Nick, we have to do it the okay. same okay. way that we always I know ch- do change it. makes you uncomfortable. I know. I'm just trying it to. Does. Your your therapist does. reached out to me, said to try and work it into your everyday <laughs> life. And, you know. No more aversion therapy. One step at a time. One step at a time, woman. You're, you're not crying, so that is that is a good sign. Not on the outside. <laughs> so. So before we before we get into the meaning, let, let us do briefly talk about about the music. Okay. Uh, so it is. Ferociously upbeat. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It's in four four time. Mm-hmm. No shenanigans with the time signatures yep. this time round. And it is. It it starts off with the flute and the guitar. Yep. Doing a lot of doing a lot of fun unison stuff. Kind of a march sound almost, especially with when the drum is in there. Ab- 
Absolutely, yes. It totally has the form of a, of a march. It kind of reminds me, especially with the flute of those old fife and drum mm, mm-hmm. kind of numbers. Yeah. There is, there's, a, there's a military theme musically sure. running through it. Yeah. Which we'll actually get back into when we get to the big break in the middle. Yeah. You know, I've been listening to these songs recently on my, my super new headphones. Mm-hmm. And I can actually hear... Now, don't make this sound gross, Nick, but I can actually hear Ian tonguing the flute. <laughs> no, not I don't mean that in a gross way, but he's, uh, I can hear him tonguing the flute hole. Def- <laughs> Nick, get your it's, mind out of the It's garden. not gross, I swear. He inserts it delicately to everyone's <laughs> pleasure. It's not gross, I swear. <laughs> what? But I can just hear the little the little kind of tap. And 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 specifically d- def- Tell us what that does. Tell us what that means for, for us less musically inclined, for those who oh, yes. did not take so, flute in high school. Oh, I oh I took flute in high school. Yeah, and you tongued that hole. So <laughs> you were I, taught to tongue the I, hole. <laughs> I took it all the way. So the way that you produce sound on a flute is by blowing a stream of air across the hole, which, which is set transversely on the flute. Like you would a beer bottle. Yes, like you would a beer bottle. And to interrupt that flow, you can do a number of various things. You can stop the flow glottally by shutting off the airway in your throat Mm -hmm. uh, like this. Yeah, just stop the actual flow of air from your lungs. Right. But that has a – that doesn't have as precise a cutoff as Mm -hmm. if you stop the flow of air with your tongue by placing your tongue over the the inside of the the kind of tube that your lips are making, your embouchure is making – so that would be like this. And that so that gives you the really the possibility of doing very sharp staccato notes. It's a common yes. technique used by flautists. And then of yeah. course Ian Anderson takes it a step further by doing flutter tonguing, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Like that. So, but the thing with with tonguing is that you actually hear the tongue sometimes, especially if you're a rock and roller. Yeah, if you're, you're just, if you're going crazy on that flute and not yeah. going necessarily for for delicate precision, you're going to hear the mechanics behind it, and I, I think that adds to it. You know, you're not you're not playing a nice little sweet little ditty in the symphony. You're you're a rock flautist for God's sake. You're a rock flautist. Yeah, on a, on a warpath, and that all of that, Nick, is why flautists are the second best kissers of the musical world. That is that is what I hear. That is what mm-hmm. I hear. Yeah. I started kissing you after you, you played the flute, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. No, no, not a big enough sample size. <laughs> so then, so yeah, so then we have the, the basing and the guitar mm-hmm. come in, mm-hmm. also kind of doing a unison thing for a while. Yeah, they all kind of play the same little... Yeah, it's very invigorating. Yeah. Those, those two kind of pairs of instruments set up for the organ mm. slash harpsichord. I, that's that's exactly what I have. I say, I say harpsichord question mark, or is it just a fun setting on the organ? I think it's a fun setting on that's, the organ. That's my a guess. Harp, a harpsichord yeah. setting. It's the harpsichord setting, yeah.
but it's it's just it's fascinating how they sort of set up this this wall of like of doubled up instruments and then it mm-hmm. breaks open for for John Evan to just take it to you know take the ball and yeah. really run with it down the field. Yeah, too. it's it's a it's a really nice build up. It's a nice culmination and then and then that dam breaks and it kind of floods forward. And it's not just John Evan, like he he carries the rest of them with him. It's really nice. It's really cool. Yeah. It's very the composition on this song is super exciting yeah. for me. Yeah, it's it it feels it definitely feels like a wrap up song to the end of a movie. Like it's it's your mm. it's your it's your it's where you see ev- all of the good stuff happen after that that final climax, after the the final mm-hmm. moment of of tension and pressure and whatever. So totally, so our, it's a victory. Yeah. March. So the girl comes back from the dead after surviving and getting through hell and heaven and all the businessmen, and she's going back and and visiting family that she now appreciates, and she breaks up with the bad boyfriend and and. Starts starts dating the guy that that is good for her, and I'm just thinking of of 80s tropes in in movies in J- John Hughes movies. <laughs> Took me a minute to figure out that you were talking about the the War Child film that this was yes. all possibly you know going well, to be used for exactly yeah that I mean that's that's how I've I'm I'm viewing this album is it's it, totally it's, it's a soundtrack yeah totally and so this totally has that that victory lap feel mm-hmm. to it and. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look, if we think about the title, what is the third hurrah? It's the the end of the third the third act of a film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it also refers to when you say three cheers for so and so. Oh, so-and-so. okay. Hip, hip hip hurrah! Hip hip. So it's hurrah. the last one. Hip, hip, yeah. Hurrah! It's the it's the culmination. Yeah, I like that too. That's really good. Yours probably makes more sense than mine, but I think I think I mine think they is both make sense applicable. in different ways. <laughs> yes. Secretly applicable, <laughs> like my education. What? <laughs> so, so then we we get into verse and we get into the chorus. Those the instrumentation all kind of stays the same during that part until during the first verse. Yeah, yes. until we get to the bridge, and then we get this flood of all new new instrumentation, and it's it's the the bridge between the sec. It's between the the war child dance the days and nights away. Yes. And the the second verse, so in the heart of your heart. Now, before we roll up our pant legs and wade into that flood, mm-hmm. Nick, I, I do want to uh, point out Ian's doubled up self harmony, which mm. I which I wrote down as Ian squared. Yes, yeah. Ian times Ian equals equals Ian squared. Yeah. Ian to the power of, of, of Ian. Ian. <laughs> Infinite. There are infinite eons and in billions upon billions of eons in the universe. Ian Anderson is everywhere, Nick. You just have to look. <laughs> in between matter, dark matter, dark Ian <laughs> populates the universe. <laughs> That's my um. Captain, we haven't got enough anti-Ian to f- <laughs> to fuel the engines. Oh, who was that guy at uh? At, was he Cornell? He was the he was the the big astrophysicist. He taught Bill Nye. Okay. Oh, I don't remember his name. He was he was the the main. He was the he was before Neil deGrasse Tyson in terms of like po- making astrophysics popular. And I'm, I'm Carl Sagan. Thank you. That's my Carl Sagan. Yeah. Huh. Billions upon billions. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so so then we do get into that flood, Nick, and I, and here's where I want to draw out another 
military sound. Mm-hmm. We have, and it is unknown to me who is playing them, the dreaded bagpipes. I love them. But, but but bagpipes come in after some really nice strings. And a, a kicking French horn in there, too. French horn. Yeah, it's it's this really nice brassy thing. Yeah. Not a war instrument. <laughs> kind of. More of a surrender instrument. Oh. That's oh, a that's a dig offensive. against the French. A very good food instrument. Okay, sure. <laughs> and then yeah, ba- bagpipes before we insult all of our French fan. Bagpipes <laughs> come in and I th- I think if I remember correctly, I've heard that Ian plays the bagpipes on this. If I remember, I'm not sure. Wow, that would make sense. Is it because he's Scottish, Omen? That's, uh, that is offensive. Uh, that's more offensive than the, than all of the French digs? Well, or you know. Or equally, equally offensive. E- equally offensive. Okay. No, I, I think I've heard that he plays them in, in the, well, I, I don't be- I believe that. it. I imagine that, you know, the sort of man who would walk into an instrument shop and point at a flute and be like, I will play that in a rock and roll band, would also do the same with a bagpipe. Yeah. I'll never be as good on the guitar as Jimi Hendrix, so give me that flute. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, little history about the bagpipe for anyone who isn't aware. It was it, – it may have come from Egypt or it may have come and then been gotten up to the British Isles by way of the Romans or it may have just originated up there. Anyway, it's <sighs> composed of the emptied out – internal organ of a sheep or something of the sort and then it's got she- sticks a stomach into it imagine stomach i'd go with a stomach yeah and then it blasts air out and it was used of course there are lots of different types types of bagpipes and some of them are smaller and sweeter and some of them are bigger and scarier and the the scottish highland pipe is the biggest one and it was used famously by scots armies mm. to both to communicate on the battlefield, but also to terrify their enemies. And yeah. There are reports of people being more frightened of the pipers than of the soldiers they were it's facing. Amazing. And and having been in close proximity to Scottish bagpipers, Nick, I I relate to Yeah, to it that. takes a certain kind of person to be a Scotch bagpiper. And, yeah. and the process is, unlike the flute, where you're blowing directly to create the sound, you blow into a mouthpiece that fills that bladder with air, and then right. you can regulate the air transference out into the pipes. The advantage of which, of course, is that there is never a cessation of sound. Right. It's, it's steady flow. Yeah. Barrage of sound waves. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a, it's a cool concept for an instrument. And done well, I really do enjoy bagpipes. I do. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a bigger fan of the illan pipe, which is mm, uh, smaller mm-hmm. smaller and used in uh, a lot of Irish music. Does that have a bladder though, or is that just like a almost like a recorder? No, it does have a bladder. Oh, okay. but it 
It's got a strange feature to it where instead of blowing into it to inflate it, you have a bellows under one arm mm. and then the bag under the other arm. So okay. you sort of do a, a weird little chicken dance the whole time that you're playing. So it. you don't blow into it at all then? No. Oh, interesting. And that Leaves I think your mouth free for cigarettes and for, drinking. Yep. Yeah. And I think that sounds a little bit more reedy than than bagpipes do, I think. Definitely, yeah. definitely. It's, I like that sound too. And then at the very tune into our <laughs> other podcast, Blather Bagpipes to me. At the end of that that fairly substantial instrumental, we get a really yeah. kicking mandolin that comes in as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's everything. And and with all of these, they're built on top of what we've established before. Flute, drums, bass, guitar. It really kind of creates the imagery of of a parade. It's like mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to pull out literally every single instrument. Yeah. And parade it on through down the streets with with ticker tape and and champagne. This this 30 seconds of instrumentation or so is some of the best layered, textured, full-sounding instrumentation in Hull, I think. I agree. It's just, it's so, it's it fills you. It's full. It's unique. It's great. It's such a good and sound. And it's very positive. It's not, yeah. there's no sort of, there's no sort of, you know, irony or, or, or tongue-in-cheekness. It's mm-hmm. very straightforward and genuine. Yeah. And everything being in like being a, a, a sharp positive note of four four helps, but that, yeah. I mean it just it just adds to it. It's just such a nice sound. I really like it. It it just it it excites me. It's very fun. So Nick, fun fact: this is the penultimate song on the original vinyl release of this yes, album, and it, it is the second longest. Is it really? Mm-hmm. How long is it? It's uh, I think it's four forty seven. Wow which makes it the second longest just by a bit, and then the longest one is the the final song, which we'll cover oh, next Oh, Two week. Fingers, yeah. Two fingers, I did not yeah. realize it was that long. Holy cow. It feel it doesn't feel that long because no. it's so upbeat. Yeah. It just, it just zips right through it. It's nice. Okay. Hmm. So, Nick, shall we now jump into the, into the wonderful lyrics here? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that because we've got another verse and another chorus, but nothing changes musically. So I think we can get yeah. into to lyrics. So Nick, yes. We we have a a reprise of the chorus from the song War Child. Mm-hmm. War Child dance the days and dance the nights away. Yeah, but this so is not actually a reprise. <laughs> It's a repetition, but it's no, it doesn't sound like it at all because it's, it's not as, it's not as flowy. It's not as dark sounding. 
Totally. Yeah. So, you know, we had we had talked about the meaning of the original War Child song on this album and, and come up with a couple of different theories. And and I feel like this one actually just kind of blows all of them out of the water. <laughs> and and maybe, you know, maybe we were totally off base with our original one or maybe not. But, you know, maybe this is just a totally different offering. But I I had never read these lyrics until just now. Mm, okay. And wow. Let's, well, let's remind... Let's remind the listener what our original original right. summation was. Your your supposition with War Child the song was that it was about sending your child out to make money as a prostitute during wartime, I believe. And I, 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 the incredulity mine, is unnecessary, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was something slightly less sexy. <laughs> I don't recall, but it was, you know, it was like quite literal. It was quite literally about war, I think. Yeah, I think so. And and sort of I was make, I was drawing a parallel between the the Blitz in London and, you know, the kind of British philosophy or maxim of keep calm and carry on. Yeah. But this is totally different. This to me hits me on on a much more spiritual level mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. When your back's to the wall and your luck is your all, then side with whomever you may. Seek that which within lies waiting to begin the fight of your life that is every day. When your back's to the wall and your luck is your all, then side with whoever you may. Seek that which within lies waiting to begin the fight of your life that is every day. Wow. Kind of want a tattoo of that now. It's it's a it's a pep up song. It's a it's a picker upper. It's like you got this. It you sure do what is. you need to do. Yeah. Life, life is a life is a battle, and you have and you are the greatest warrior on earth. Yeah. And but you know, it's talking about, it's sort of using these metaphors of of war and fighting, but. But weirdly, not in a destructive way. You know what this reminds me of, Nick? Mm-hmm. You're right. Avatar, the last airbender. There it is. In the, in the third season of Avatar, when Aang has to learn firebending, he and Zuko travel to the land of the ancient sun warriors, where they are, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't finished it, taught by the last two remaining dragons the true nature of fire, which is in its essence, as they discover, a creative force, a a force of life rather than a force of destruction. Mm -hmm. All this time, I thought firebending was destruction. Since I hurt Katara, I've been too afraid and hesitant. But now I know what it really is. It's energy and life. Yeah, it's like the sun, but inside of you. And so they learn that, you know, fire is is this creative life force. And that's what I'm getting from this. It's like... You are a warrior, not of death, but you are a warrior of of life. It's more than just you have to fight to survive. It's it's more than just a selfish thing of like it's it's everyone for themselves. You you do what you need to do to to be alive, and and that's it. Forget everyone else. It's more of a everybody's fighting for their life. You are you are powerful. It's not a one against all. 
thing. It's not everyone is trying to defeat you. It's just a general idea that life is a struggle. Life is a battle. And and a glorious one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not it's it. It is for the enjoyment of you to 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 struggle through life and to get through life like you should enjoy it. And it's not it's not necessarily he's not depicting um, an eat or be eaten or a kill or be killed world here. It's it's. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I think the second verse really kind of illuminates it for me. In the heart of your heart, there's the tiniest part of an urge to live to the death. Oh, my gosh. In the heart of your heart, there's the tiniest part of an urge to live to the death. It's like, you know, it's like while you're alive, live. Yeah. Because you will, because you will die. So, you know, don't die before you're dead. It reminds me of that old Scotch-Irish, maybe Irish drinking song. I'll eat when I'm hungry and drink when I'm dry, and if the moonshine don't kill me, I'll live till I die. Give me food when I'm hungry, give me drink when I'm dry. long years I've spent all my money on whiskey and beer I go to some hollow set up my still and if the whiskey don't kill me I don't know what well, have we have we used that before? It sounds I don't think very we familiar. Have. No, no. Okay, I'll, I'll we used to sing a version of that at the at the fair. Yeah, but I mean, like, I love that. I love that turn of phrase. You know, usually we hear like, "We'll fight to the death," mm-hmm. but this is saying, "We'll live to the death." Yeah, we'll live every single moment until we die. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, li- live live your life. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be a fight. Just live it. Give it the energy that it that it warrants, and 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 live it. And that will be your life. Yeah, like approach life not from a place of oh well, whatever happens happens. Of, of like, defeat. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have within you the warrior spirit. Yeah, with a sword on your hips and a cry on your lips to strike life in the inner child's breast. With your sword on your hip and a cry on your lips to strike life in the inner child's breast. Preach. Yeah. Sing it, I Ian. I love this. It's such a good song. It's such a, 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 a lovely jaunt. Well, and it's so devoid of what we often hear from Ian, which is, you know, critique and tongue in cheek. Cynicism. A little cynicism. cynicism. Yeah. There's no cynicism in this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. To my memory, one of the most positive songs I've heard from him. How did that one slip through? Uh, someone someone did something wrong. 
<laughs> he he drank a little too many cups of tea and just that was that was <laughs> yes. He made the mistake of ordering a second half pint at the hotel bar. <laughs> That's oh, and he was gone. He just he's <laughs> it, alcohol is not a depressant for him. It's a it's a it's an <laughs> upper. He 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 blacked out. Woke up in <laughs> woke up on the west coast and was like, oh, I have a new song. Where did this come from? Completely, completely recorded and and edited and everything. Like he couldn't turn, couldn't turn back. He dotted all his eyes with hearts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This may be my favorite song off the album, Nick. So far, it's it's pretty good. I. It's pretty great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of it back. I don't know the the. The sea lion skating and bungle that trio is really very good. It's it's true, you know, and I don't necessarily think that this is the the most. I don't like it from a music. Uh, uh, One of those. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's the best song musically, but it is the song which speaks to me and where I am in my life right now the most. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. The positivity is, especially after having like really, just like you, I hadn't really sat down and, and looked at the lyrics and processed them up until now. So, so seeing that and, and just acknowledging the, the, the positivity and the, and the, you got this kid kind of attitude toward it. It's, yeah. it's hard not to really like this song. It's like the, the flint that you strike with the steel of your of your soul to create a spark of fire. It's like the Zippo that you flip open. I, w- um, I would say it's the kindling. It's the kindling. You've got the spark in you. You've got, you've got it. Oh, I am the spark. You are the spark. What's the steel? You, you don't what's need the, the steel because the spark is already created. You don't need that either. You, we're, what are we're you, some kind of Zoroastrian? <laughs> You're the Zippo, Omen, okay? You're, I, I am the Zippo. You're the Zippo. Be one yeah. with the Zippo. And I'm this cool. is your this is your tinder. This is your cotton to to start the fire. All you needed was just a little a little accelerant. A little cool flick of the wrist by some kind of a uh, an, a bad biker. A beatnik in a in a black turtleneck lighting a okay. a, a, a a clove cigarette. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Do you know I smoked a couple of clove cigarettes in college? A couple? You're, like, of your, your entire career, you smoked, like, two or three? Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I bought a pack of them, and I was like, I'm going to be cool now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. dated a girl for a hot second who, who smoked cloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is far superior in, like, being acceptable to me in terms of offense. Like, a cigarette is just, just ugh. There's nothing like sure. that. But like the clove, the smell, I'm okay with, you know? Sure, but you may as well light a stick of incense and not smoke it. And not inhale it. Yeah, just light some clove incense. Yeah, valid. Valid. And and get less less garbage in your lungs. That's a good point. Yeah. So, Nick, what else do we have uh, uh, in regards to this song? I I personally don't have anything more. The I, I love the content, and I really love that instrumental break. If you could sum up this song, Nick. Let's do a thought experiment. Another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't sound so down about it before it starts, Dave. You, okay. This, okay. Let's say that. Let's say that I have the desire to get a tattoo. Uh huh. 
and I want to get a tattoo of this song, but I don't want to get all the lyrics written on me because that sounds painful. That's a lot. So, so it's a lot. So if I was to sum up this song in an image mm. to give to a tattoo artist, what would that image be? A sword mm-hmm. crossed with a flute. Ooh. Like like they're I like that. Not like a hybrid like a, a flute with a hilt, but like the, like oh, the, I, like the cross, I, like the two the two items I, are crossed. I don't know what to think about the fact that you th- that you thought that I might have misunderstood <laughs> you and thought that you were talking about some kind of bizarre weaponized flute. Well, I just I just or some kind of musical sword. For for all listeners, I wanted to clarify, make sure that that they got the idea of the crossing of the the items. That's uh, that's some yeah oh yes I like that so so more like what you would see on a on a shield yeah almost almost some form of a coat of arms you know what you would find on a coat of arms yeah yeah, yeah. maybe it'd be maybe there'd be a flame springing from the center point where they crossed mm. or like a spark a spark almost yes yeah. yes yes oh yeah like they're like they're hitting each other and creating a spark yeah. of life that spark of life yeah. that we were talking about spark of life. Well, I will get that tattoo tomorrow. Okay. Where's it going to be? I can't I can't say it on the radio. On your face? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would get it. I would get it. I think if it was cool enough, I would get it on my bicep. Yeah. You you oh. would you would need to to get a good artist to really to really Well, I'd have to get a good it. bicep first. Well, yeah, we'll start there, then get the good artist <laughs> to create it. Okay. If any of our listeners out there are visual artists and want to Create this tattoo and submit it to Nick. What's our address? Moms at fecklessmoms.com. We will have a contest, and the winner of the contest, I will totally get tattooed on my body. Yeah? Oh, yeah. If it's if it's dope, <laughs> yeah, why not? But what if it's only like one person who submits something? Is Are they by default the winner, so you have to get it? Discretion will be left to the judges as to whether or not there is a winner. And, and you and I are the judges? Of course. <laughs> yeah, who else would be? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm. if, if you could come up with a, a BA, uh, a Tull tattoo, it doesn't even have to be for yeah. Warchild. I'm I'm partial to the, the, pixie, the pixie Ian from Crest. No, is that Crest? Yeah. No. It is. No, it's broadsword. Yeah, thank you. I would also accept a sword crossed with a mandolin. Mm, okay, that'd be kind of a f- cool. A flute crossed with a mandolin. A flandolin. A flandolin. A moot. <laughs> Yeah. So, Nick. Yeah, Omen. To what are we exposing our ear brains next week? Next week is the final track off of War Child. It is song number 10. It is Two Fingers. Two Fingers. <laughs> Sounds rather rude. It, it could be. I don't know. I haven't read the lyrics in a very long time, so we won't know until next week. Can I can I just tell you a brief anecdote? I would I I you know I like nothing more than your brief anecdotes. 
so I listen my my morning. I have a, a series of morning routines, but one of them is to listen to the BBC World Service when I am making my coffee and my soft boiled egg. And the other morning, I was listening to a panel of economists talk about the recovery or lack thereof in the post-COVID world. And one of them, this British economist, was saying. You know, the question is, what kind of a curve will it be? What kind of a recovery will it be? Will it be an L-shaped curve? Will it be a U-shaped curve? Or will it be a V-shaped curve, which is really just two fingers in the air and rather rude? (laughs) Because, of course, two fingers in a V in Britain is the equivalent to us in America of flipping the bird. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that an economist on the BBC just dropped that very strange little image of a joke. I, I think it's it's a matter of at this point there at this point you just you kind of have to acknowledge that the world has gone a little bananas mm, and yes or and, even the economic recovery is is flipping us off yeah well yeah that too that too and and it's the fact that that yeah we we can definitely acknowledge how how bonkers things have gotten and and honestly we're all human we're all thinking it. We so, are. And and that is how 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 subdued is him talking about like a third third rate innuendo versus like anything that comes out of our president's mouth. Aye. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting political. I'm getting political. And in the midst of all this chaos, what better thing to boost our spirits than listening to some Jethro Tulnick? And reading reviews that you give us, dear listener. Dear Tull Skulls. Those five-star ratings and reviews. That's right. Take the sword of a five-star review on your hip and the war cry of a positive review and charge into the battle that is the internet and spark life into this podcast for other listeners. Every review that we read will get three hurrahs. I mean, they always do. They always do. Absolutely. We appreciate them. So until next week, (laughs) until the final song off the album, I am Nick McGill. I am Omen Said. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Master, Master, I, I need you to teach me yes, the ways of, yes. of talk told to me. I need, I need to know how to podcast successfully. And you believe you are ready? I, I think so. First, come out here to my garage where my Fiat Five Hundred Abarth is parked. Oh, okay. Now, now, now. It, it's, it's nice. It's a nice car. Yes, it is. Now take this waxing brush in one hand. Uh, okay. And take this. Polishing cloth in the other hand. Okay. And stare at this microphone. Okay. Now wax on, wax off, wax uh, poetic, wax philosophic. uh, The actual... Wax intellectual. Uh, You you want me to wax your car? Yes, 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 wax it. You missed a spot over there on the bumper. I... You you just... You just want me to do labor for you? Is that... Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, please. Do I need to clean your windows after this? Yes, please do that. Yes, clean. I have a lot of dirty things in I, my house. I mean, I, I thought you were a respected trainer. I, I, 
I, I've always known that Talk Told to Me was a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network, but this is just sad. <laughs> and you have taken the first step toward podcasting.